Welcome to Perspectives with Dr. Vadisha Patel. Do you sometimes feel alone in life with personal and interpersonal struggles and challenges? We'll show you that you are not alone and that you can learn and thrive from your challenges and thereby live a healthy life. Now, here is your host, Dr. Vadisha Patel. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Perspectives. I'm your host, Dr. Vidisha Patel. I've personally found writing to be a path to healing, especially in difficult times. Based on my personal experience, I've encouraged many of my clients to try it out as well. Most of them, I would say, have seen positive outcomes. And it's exciting for me to have today's guest on our show because we share the love of writing as a form of healing. Wendy Baez has taken it to a more expansive level and created workshops and writing healing circles so that many more individuals can benefit from her teachings. Wendy is an artist and an author, and I love the words from her website where she states that her passion is to facilitate writing workshops for those who may not think of themselves as writers, but have a story to tell. Her teaching method encourages dedicated writers to develop and sustain a writing practice and guides their storytelling skills by offering feedback and craft tips. She believes in the power of words to transform our lives and our world, and that writing fulfills the soul's longing for connection and meaning. And her motto is that the shortest bridge between us is a story. I just absolutely love that. Thank you so much, Wendy, for joining me on Perspectives today. Thanks for having me. Your words resonate, so I can't even tell you how well they resonate with me. Um, and I'm really excited to have you here, and I'd love for you to share with the listeners, if you would start by telling us just how you came to be a writer, and if there were specific life events that you think impacted your moving down this career path. Sure. Well, um, I started writing when I was a kid, and um, I was just in love with the mystery novels, uh, you know, Trixie Belden and Nancy Drew when I was a little girl, and I started creating stories at that time um, and continued writing all through high school, but I spent 10 years living in a commune, and we took in the homeless, and we brought free meals down to the park, and we traveled and I got to live in a number of different countries. And I didn't write during that time at all. But uh-huh. we arrived to Israel, and it was just such a profound experience being there. Just, it was just incredible. You're walking over layers of history. And the group broke up, and I got a journal and started journaling again. And when mm-hmm. I came back to the States, I took a continuing ed class, and it just poured out of me. I had so many memories that I wanted to get down on paper. Um, And so I just started to think of myself as a writer and join writing groups and, you know, attending workshops and things like that. But really a a huge change came because I lost my son. Um, He, when he died, it was really shattering to me. And uh, I actually stopped writing for a period of time because it was so painful but uh-huh. once I got back to writing again, I started thinking about, you know, I had a passion for words and I'd been through all these experiences and how could I be of service in some way. Right. And that's when I, I really changed from just creative writing for myself to writing for healing. So um, I'm really sorry to hear about your son. Is that, 
Is that something that you feel comfortable talking about or you would rather not address oh, that here? Yeah, I, it's, it's, it was a long time ago now, so I can talk about it. Um, yeah, it, it, like I said, um, at the time I completely stopped writing. I couldn't, I couldn't even write. I was so, I was very angry about it. He was 25 and uh-huh. he died under the influence of alcohol. Okay. Um, but I was in these two writing groups at the time, and one was a women's poetry group, and the other was called Write Action, and it was a, it was really writing for healing, but she didn't really call it that. It was run by right. Joe Logie in New Mexico, and those were my support system. They were there um, for me to just get my emotions out on the page, and it was you know my routine and my friends, so. Eventually, I decided I would just show back up at these writing groups because it was so much a part of my life. And once I had the pencil in my hand, it was automatic to put it to paper. And I started writing again. And what I realized is that if you make writing really a habit, a practice, you think of it as a discipline and a practice, and you do it on a regular basis, it comes back to you. It's like, you know, learning to ride a bicycle. Um and I, I didn't realize that until that moment, that it, if you develop that practice, it's there for you when you need it. That's wonderful to know. So when you were younger and you were writing your journal, um, was that because a family member encouraged you or how did you, or was it the storybooks that you read that sort of inspired yeah, you to do I that? Yeah, I was a... Bookworm. <laughs> I just love. I love books. Like I just carried books around everywhere. I took books with me on the bus, and I took them to parties. <laughs> I, was, I love books. <laughs> I, I was one of those kids under the bed, you know, at night under the covers with a flashlight when I was supposed to be asleep. <laughs> I, I didn't relate to stories. that. I, w- I was the same way. <laughs> <laughs> right. I getting yes. in trouble for reading. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Um, yep. So, did you? I'm just curious. What did your family think of your writing? When you, did they know about it, or was it? Were there journals that you kept to yourself, or you shared with people when you were little? Yeah, um, I had a. Uh, you know, I was given you know the little diary with the lock on it for probably my birthday or something. And so my, my family knew that I was writing and they, I shared a lot of my work with them. Um, I shared my work with my mom, especially because she also loves books as I got Mm -hmm. older and have developed longer pieces and, you know, gave them copies of things that I've published. So yeah, they've always been very supportive. That's great. Do you think it makes a difference? I mean, I'm sure I know it, I'm sure it helps if your family's supportive, but for somebody who wants to start to write, who might be a young listener, um, how do you well, have suggestions I, for them? Yeah, so what I really think is that um, often we just have a story that just won't let go. It's a story that's really important to us. It's something that we need to, to tell. And one of the um, tips that I use also uh, when people say, I don't know how to start, or I have all these different stories and I don't know which one to to write about, to think about the moments when your life changed. And okay. I 
in my groups, I talk about you're a different person before that moment than you are after that moment. And sometimes we start with actually making a timeline. So all the moments when your life changed might include a birth, the birth of a sibling or the first time you learned to ride a bike or your first day of school or your first kiss or your first heartbreak, your first job or the first time you got fired. Those are all moments when your life changed. And I think if you have a, if you have this story inside of you, you need to write it. And there's, of course, different components of writing. And one is the self-expression and just getting yourself down on the page. And I think that's just really, really important. We really need to express ourselves and get our thoughts on the, on the page because it just helps clarify things. And, um, it helps us know ourselves. It helps develop self-awareness. So just pour it out and give yourself permission to do that and give yourself permission to play and try and experiment with different things and um, not be worried or concerned about who's going to read it or who, you know, it's, I think that one of the things that happens to us is that we start comparing ourselves to others. Right. We compare ourselves to other writers, and we think, well, I'm not as good as, you know, so-and-so. Um, and I, that's why I think it's really important to, um, to ignore that critical voice, mm-hmm. to, do what, to do things that will help us to ignore that critical voice and really get into our intuition and our own authentic voice and tell our story, because we all have stories, and they're all important, and they're all amazing. Like, I've been teaching writing for healing for a long time, 15 years. I've worked with all kinds of people, and I always walk out of a group just amazed at things that I've heard. Because (laughs) people have, you know, people are so resilient, and they've gone through a lot. We've all had our hearts broken, and we've all had to learn to cope, and we've all overcome. And, you know, we all have things in in our lives that are difficult and challenging, and just to hear people's stories of how they, how they've um, not only overcome but thrived and created life and you know gone on to do things that they love to do. It's just it's amazing. I would agree with you, and I I hear a lot of similarities to the therapeutic practice because mm-hmm. I spend a lot of time listening to people's stories, and I too am amazed. They're there's so many similarities and yet there's so many differences. Each person's experience is unique um, and yet there's so much to learn. And I guess maybe that's one of the things when someone is concerned about writing, as in what would be the purpose of my writing the story, what use is it? Um, mm-hmm. But there's for there are probably, I'm guessing there are probably other people out there who've had similar, not the same experiences that can learn from the individual, from the writer's experience. Yes. Yes. And um, when you're in a circle, too, oftentimes there's common threads that go around the circle, or someone will read something and you're like, I wish I'd written that. That's exactly how I feel. (laughs) We we do have our own individual unique experiences, and at the same time, there's this commonality and it's so helpful to know you're not alone, that you're not the only one having this experience. Right. So this might be a good time to talk about your writing circles. Um, can you tell us what those are and how they work? 
Um, well, I teach in a lot of different uh, community spaces. So I've done uh, all different kinds of themes from, you know, specific writing craft to just generating writing. So the the what I'm doing at this time currently is I'm doing writing for healing in two spaces. One is Pathways, which is a nonprofit. I've been there uh-huh. for six years. And then the other one is at Northeast Wellness Community Acupuncture. So basically we're just um, we're using poetry as a jump start because I believe poetry opens the door to the subconscious. Okay. So we'll read a poem and then I suggest a prompt and I suggest open-ended prompts that kind of help dive into the emotion and into the intuition. And then we write together spontaneous free writing and then we share what we've written if we want to. And, um, uh, the feedback that we give is just positive feedback and, more feedback on um, the, the, the part of the story that resonates for us or when someone expresses something really well that we feel, that's the kind of feedback that we give. But we don't critique and we don't do workshopping in the healing okay. circles because I find it, it really helps people to feel more free uh-huh. and um, you know, not as um, concerned about well, you know, in really intense writing groups, sometimes your feelings get hurt. So right. we want people to feel that they're safe and that they're, they're, there's an intimacy that can develop amongst us and we trust each other. So a, healing, so, this, so a healing writing circle is one type of a writing circle that you do? Is that, did I understand that correctly? Yes, yep. Okay, yeah. and um, is it, is it for a specific amount of time in terms of number of weeks or is it an ongoing thing? Does it matter? Do you have to be there for six weeks in order to uh, change something? Yeah, no, it's ongoing. Um, both of those places where I mentioned Pathways is a healing center where they offer mind, body, spirit workshops for people with a serious health crisis. Uh-huh. And all of their workshops are offered for free, and we're all volunteer providers. So it's kind of my community service. And I've been there six years, as I said, every other week, and it's a drop-in group. So you, you have to uh, sign up, but basically anyone can attend who's a client of Pathways. Right. And um, I have a pretty, pretty solid group at this point. Um, people come and go. There's always new people but I have a basic group that come pretty often. So we've kind of gotten to know each other over a period of time. And then the, the other one is just drop in. I wanted to have a group that you wouldn't have to register ahead of time. You could just show up. Uh-huh. <laughs> so it's kind of an experiment <laughs> and it's summertime. So it's been, um, you know, a small group, but it's another way to just let people know that I'm there and I'm, available and they can come and we'll, you know, I tailor it. I kind of tailor it by who's there. I bring a lot of ideas and then I choose depending on who shows up and we write together and, um, just kind of share our life experiences. And the, um, the other thing I want to mention that I've started doing, this is recent, probably in the past year, I guess. I've started well, adding uh, mindful actually, breathing. I'm, I'm going to actually write. ask you 
to hang on one second because we're going to have to go to a okay. commercial break in a few seconds. Okay. So this might, okay. It might be good to save this okay. for the next segment. Okay. Um, but yeah. I did want to say very quickly that um, it's interesting how these writing healing circles can work on a drop-in basis because in a therapeutic group, for example, to get to sort of uh, foster healing, it's much more beneficial to have a group that is a cohesive group that's ongoing for a set amount of time because there is a whole Mm -hmm. process of people getting to know each other. So this is a really nice short-term way to um, foster healing. But we're going to talk about Mm -hmm. that a little bit more when we come back. Um, We're going to go to a short commercial break, so please stay tuned. We're talking to Wendy Bias about her journey and about writing as healing. If you have questions, you can email me, Dr. Vidisha Patel, at drvforkids at yahoo.com. We'll be right back. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Have you stopped to think seriously about hypnosis? Hypnosis can set you on your way to better health, can free you from anxiety, phobias, and so much more. Join host Inez Simpson for Hypnosis Everywhere, Inez Simpson and the Simpson Protocol. This show is for anyone from the experienced hypnotist practitioner to the merely curious. Inez Simpson offers tools and insights from the whole world of hypnosis with guests and open discussions. Hypnosis Everywhere, The Simpson Protocol, airs live every Wednesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time, on Voice America Health & Wellness. Do you feel that you aren't at your best when it comes to your personal health? Even if your doctor gives you a clean bill of health and says everything is in working order, perhaps you aren't feeling at the top of your game. Dr. Rebecca Risk overcame pain and fatigue despite all tests to the contrary. Learn how she put her health back on track and how you can too on Falling Through the Cracks. Live every Monday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time on Voice America Health & Wellness. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective. Plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at blog.voiceamerica.com. That's blog.voiceamerica.com. The Voice America Press Blog. All access, all the time. Step into a healthier you. Voice America Health & Wellness. You are tuned into Perspectives with Dr. Vadisha Patel. If you would like to reach the show today, please call into 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email directly to Dr. Patel at drv4kids at yahoo.com. That's Dr. V, the number four, kids at yahoo.com. Now, back to Perspectives. Welcome back to Perspectives. I'm your host, Dr. Vidisha Patel, and I'm in conversation with Wendy Baez about how writing can be a healing opportunity. So, Wendy, right before the break, um, I stopped you as you started to, to talk about um, what something else that you were trying with your healing circles, with, with the writing circles. 
Yeah, so I started doing mindful breathing practices before we begin. Uh-huh. And it's just to kind of calm ourselves because what I was noticing, especially with my uh, group at Pathways, is that people would come in with a lot of anxiety. Um, and I feel like our culture in general has gotten, there's so much stress. People are under so much stress and so anxious. And so to just take just a few minutes to really pause and take some breath, mindful breaths. And sometimes I do a little visualization or a little meditation, or sometimes we do just counting our breaths. But it really helps everybody kind of settle in and just be focused and be present. And I, I feel like people really appreciate that opportunity to just stop, you know, just take a pause right. and just show up. Yeah, so well. That's, that's been a new thing I've started doing. And that in and of itself is a valuable lesson, I think, or technique for all of us mm-hmm. to take away is that it's okay mm-hmm. to stop for a minute or two minutes. And um, I often talk about transitioning from one activity to another. So I wonder if a lot of mm-hmm. your participants show up at your at your meeting, sort of bringing everything that they were doing before then with them, and they need a point of a moment of being able to transition mm-hmm. to this next space. Yes. Yes. Yep. And so can you tell us a little bit more uh, uh, in, in detail, if you can, about your writing circles and how, like, how long is, is the session? Because I'm imagining if you're all writing, actually writing, and then taking the time to share, uh, it needs to be a, a fairly large chunk of time. Well, um, I used to have a two-hour session at Pathways, and it felt like people with, especially with um, physical illnesses, it was too long for them. Uh-huh. So I shortened it to an hour and a half, and that's not quite exactly enough. <laughs> so now it's an hour and 45 minutes. But we just do bursts of writing of seven to eight minutes at a time. Um, I also just notice what's going on with the group. So if they seem really engaged, and it's a topic that, they're going into really deeply, I will let them continue writing before I uh-huh. um, have us wind down. Um, there's been some subjects that we've written about forgiveness. Um, we've written, one time we wrote about unconditional love for ourselves, and that uh-huh. was really a really, really deep and rich group um, writing, although some people felt like they couldn't even share it. It was so deep and emotional for them that they couldn't share it with the group. And one woman said, I'm going to take this back and share it with my therapist. <laughs> so those, those kind of writings, I'll let them, you know, we'll, we'll go on longer. But usually uh-huh. it's short. And the reason for that is because you do sometimes have people that just run out of steam. Mm-hmm. You know, and they're, they're ready. They're ready to wind up. And also it gives you sort of a... Um, a parameter. So you know you're not going to be writing forever. You just have this short burst and it's sometimes easier in that short burst to to get into what's really on your mind. You don't have right. time, you know, to, to overthink. Um, and I also notice that sometimes we'll start in one place and an image will come up or a feeling will come up or a memory will come up and it'll just take us in a really different direction. So I always tell the participants there's no right or wrong way to do it. Just follow whatever comes up. 
and I just try to make it so that everyone is um, engaged. And so I'm noticing that people are kind of finishing up, and I'll, I'll say time to wind down. So, um, um, so yeah. do you have people write in full sentences, or do they write? Do people write in bullet points? Do you have requirements like that, or is it free flowing? Um, yeah, I don't really have any requirements. I just say put pen to the paper and just keep the pen moving. Um, usually, I'm in Minnesota, so people uh-huh. do tend to write very logical sentences. <laughs> <laughs> I've written with other people in other places where I was I really didn't know what they were writing about, but it sounded, you know, they were working on something. But here, <laughs> they do tend to write very logically. Um, and sometimes if they have time, it'll even seem like a middle, a beginning, middle, and end. But, um, yeah, I just let them go with whatever comes up for them. And occasionally there's someone that's inclined toward poetry, so they'll write poetry. Or someone will make a list. Sometimes they make lists. Sometimes we do exercises um, that are just kind of listy. Um, I do one where we write, I feel, when I feel sad, I dot, dot, dot. When I feel discouraged, I dot, dot, dot. When I'm in pain, I dot, dot, dot. And then we change to when I feel happy, I dot, dot, dot. When I feel confident, I dot, dot, dot. And then we, our final writing is one small step toward joy would be, and that's the one we share. Oh, I like that. And that is that how you end your circle each time? Um, every circle's different, but I always try to end on an upbeat note. So if we've gone into something that brings up a lot of painful emotion, I make sure that we end on something positive. And sometimes we write affirmations, or sometimes we write, um, we use the prompt, I promise myself, and mm-hmm. then... I'll do like a little ritual, like everyone in the circle will hold that intention for that person. So they'll say it and we'll applaud or we'll say, you know, we, we see you, uh, we affirm that this will come true, you know, kind of a little ritual at the end. Sometimes we do, um, we place our hands on our hearts and thank ourselves for showing up. Or sometimes we might do a hover, which is, where you hold your hands above each other's hands. You're not touching, but you're uh-huh. just like a couple inches away all around the circle, and then you send energy around the circle. Um, yeah, I just try to find a way. I, I also, I think it's really important for me as a facilitator to remind people that it takes a lot of courage to show up, and I, I so appreciate their courage. I so appreciate their sharing. That's that sounds wonderful. It sounds very uh, nurturing and a very supportive environment to work in. Mm-hmm. Do you mm-hmm. do you, how do you see the healing, or do you see the healing? And how long does it take often for for you to see results from this? Um, um, are you familiar with James Pennebaker's work? I am not. So um, he wrote about writing for healing, okay. um, he's, and he did research. He did a lot of research on it, and he did experiments. And basically what he says is that just writing the story itself is not what causes the healing. It's when we take a step back and reflect on 
um, how we feel about what happened now from the perspective where we are now. And also, if you take a step back and think about what it meant or what you learned from it or how it made you who you are today. So just repeating the story doesn't always help us heal. And I've, I've also, I work in the prison also. Um, and the, when I work with the women, they have a lot of stories of trauma and they want to, they definitely want to tell those stories. And sometimes it's very, very hard to get them to move from telling the story over and over and over to how can we take the next step? You know, how are you taking care of yourself? What's your healing story? And so I think that having that, like that one little step toward claiming your healing is an important part of the work. Um, He says that we create dopamine and serotonin in our brains when we do this kind of writing. And some of my clients have said, you know, there's pain relief and um, uh, they feel more relaxed and uh, it helps them just to get in touch with their their feelings and their body uh, on a different level rather than just focusing on the pain. Um, But it also helps us to um, boost our immune system. There's actual uh-huh. physical benefits as well as emotional benefits. Um, they, he did studies where people wrote in a journal after heart surgery, and the people that shared from their journal actually had the most benefits of all, and they had fewer return trips to the doctor and fewer complications from the surgery. That's fascinating. So, also, it's, so it's the sharing yeah. of it. So that's yeah. – is that what you're saying – um, what about in the actual writing? If you, do you have do you have people sort of reflect on a story as opposed to relaying the story, or do you save that more for the sharing? I I just let them follow whatever comes up, um, but because the prompts are very open ended that I use and. Um, there is some reflection during the time when we're sharing. Um, but I feel like, I feel like I've seen some changes in, in my pathways group. Um, and it took some time, but I feel like people are more, um, willing to like, they're willing to be really honest about what they're going through, but they're also willing to give each other a lot of support and to try new modalities of healing, um, be more courageous, more risk-taking about trying a new healing technique. Um, they seem more upbeat, um, definitely feeling upbeat when they leave my class. Um, they, they have more hope and um, just a sense of, uh, like I said, there's, Noticing their own resiliency and the resiliency of others uh, gives them sometimes a new perspective. A lot of times in my circles, you know, people will cry, but we also mm-hmm. laugh. <laughs> and so there's a lot of relief of emotion. And there can be, I, I've seen people go through an actual transformation, like right on the spot, um, something that they were. I've had people say, I've never told this story to anyone before. 
I've never written about this before. <sighs> and they can just have this amazing opening and their hearts open up and they, they finally share what's been on their minds. That's, that's beautiful. There, I agree with um, what you're saying. I, I've seen it myself when people share their stories. I haven't seen it through sharing their writing, but um, just verbally mm-hmm. sharing a story mm-hmm. and being able to stop in between segments of it to actually reflect upon what happened, as you said, from today's perspective, looking back, mm-hmm. it's, um, mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of merit in that. Um, can you give us examples of some of your open-ended prompts that you use? Sure. Yeah, I have lists of prompts. <laughs> um, so, one of my favorite warm-up prompts is I may not be perfect, but I dot dot dot. I'm just not ready. The moment I knew I was different, there's one. Um, uh-huh. Like I said, I usually use poetry as a as a start. So uh, here's one that's been really fun to use. Uh, I use the list of praises by Ann Porter, and then the prompt is to praise ordinary blessings and then praise something that's hard to praise. Praise the struggle. Interesting. And mm-hmm. do you do you find that you have people who sort of just have a blank look when you present them with some of these prompts? <laughs> <laughs> that can happen. <laughs> So I always suggest that if you really, if the prompt doesn't work for you, that's okay. That you're free to rebel against the prompt. But you can always write, today I noticed that. You can start there. Uh Or what I really want to say is, is another way. It's interesting Um, because I I, I think I I love your prompts. They're they're very deep and they leave a lot of space for Um, self-reflection. And I think mm-hmm. that for some people, and I might include myself in that list, it can be overwhelming um, to have to answer that question on the spot. Um, mm-hmm. And I'd like to talk to you more about that, whether it's a form of resistance or just um, perfectionism or or what it is on an individual level. Um, but we're going to go to a short commercial break and we'll be right back to talk some more about this, about writing and also hopefully how um, tips for individuals who want to write at home Mm -hmm. and how we can find some healing along the way. Um, I'm talking to Wendy Baez and this is Perspectives. I'm your host, Dr. Vidisha Patel. We'll be back in just a few minutes. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Frankly Speaking About Cancer is a program designed to empower survivors and their caregivers to deal with the social and emotional challenges of cancer. The show will invite physicians, researchers, nurses, social workers, patients, and caregivers to share their advice on how to live a better life with cancer. Join host Kim Tibaldo, President and CEO of the Cancer Support Community, Tuesday afternoons at 1 p.m. Pacific Time and 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Can grief be good for you? Absolutely. 
It gets your attention, helping you evaluate your choices and relationships. Your losses define who you are. Tune in each week for Good Grief with host Cheryl Jones. Our show features those who have made incredible transformations by grieving their losses. You'll learn how to find your courage and strength. You'll discover the important things in your life and how to let go of things that are less important. Good Grief airs live Wednesdays at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Health and Wellness. Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Steps to a healthier you. Voice America Health and Wellness. You are tuned into Perspectives with Dr. Vadisha Patel. If you would like to reach the show today, please call into 1 866 472 5792. That's 1 866 472 5792. You may also send an email directly to Dr. Patel at drv4kids at yahoo.com. That's Dr. V, the number 4, kids at yahoo.com. Now, back to Perspectives. Welcome back to the last segment of our show today. You're listening to Perspectives. I'm your host, Dr. Vidisha Patel. Please get in touch with me via email at drv4kids at yahoo.com if you have any questions or comments. I'd love to hear from you. I'm here with Wendy Baez, and we've been talking about writing and healing circles um, and how we can heal ourselves or heal certain portions of our experiences through writing. So, Wendy, um, we started talking about prompts right before the break, and Mm -hmm. I was sharing how your prompts are amazing, and I find them very deep and all-encompassing, but I also felt a little bit of, oh my gosh, what would I say? (laughs) So, Mm -hmm. what, how, how does one handle that sense of overwhelm and it may not be in the healing circle it might just be in individual writing right well um i think it's really important to give yourself permission to give yourself permission to write crappy writing for one thing those of us who are on the writing path often have really high standards and expectations of ourselves and all writers start out just writing whatever they need to write and being able to write crappy. And then you go back and you edit, right? That's the work. That's the craft of writing. So um, one thing is just to to realize that self-reflective writing is a particular technique and a particular practice for self-awareness and growth. And um, I, I personally believe the more that we understand ourselves, the better writers we are, no matter what we're writing. But that, you, you know, to also think about the playfulness of it, too. That we're going deep, but that we also have permission to notice the ordinary things of life. And, and I talk a lot about paying attention, that, that if we pay attention to what's going on around us and what's going on inside of us uh-huh. and give it words, that's the writer's task, to give it words, and that um, there's 
always those little, small, ordinary, beautiful moments. You know, the the moon or the um, the ducks on the pond or, you know, your grandson's smile or just something really personal and small can help. Um, and sometimes we do get blocked because we're coming up against something that's, that's really very emotional. Uh-huh. And um, I think that there are, there's also ways to um, grapple with those really big emotional things without necessarily writing about them head on. So one of the ways to do that is just take a little step back and write in third person. Ah, okay. That's a great idea. Um, so you're writing as if, mm-hmm. if it's somebody else's experience. <laughs> yes. Yep. Yes. And if I'm, if I'm doing a, a class that's ongoing, like a six-week class or an eight-week class or um, beyond, I also talk about taking care of ourselves, how important it is taking care of ourselves, that um, th- that we need to take a, a break from the writing and, and being in our heads by being in our bodies. So that might okay. be a walk or it might be a stretch or doing some yoga or it might be... Uh, going to the theater or listening to music, it might be a conversation with someone, but just to give ourselves, to nourish ourselves during this time. When we're writing through really difficult material, mm-hmm. it's so important to really nourish ourselves. So so let me ask you, what is your writing practice like? What is Is this something you do full-time? Is it the, the writing piece, or is it here and there? And what types of writing uh, comprises your writing practice? Um, I, I journal um, often, not every single day, but a lot of days, I, that's how I start my morning. And then from the journaling, I'll go to writing, working on something. Um, I go through periods where I write a lot, and then I go through periods where I'm not writing as much and I'm more focused on the, you know, uh, sending things out for submission or editing or other types of work that I need to do. Um, I have written memoir. I've written novels. Um, I've published a novel and I've published a couple books of poetry. Um, I'm doing a challenge right now where we're supposed to write something every day for a month, <laughs> which I'm, I'm almost, almost there, but I'm a couple of days behind. <laughs> um, I've always got stuff, so I've always got pieces that I'm reworking or editing or getting ready to submit. Um, I have a number of manuscripts that are in process. So I, um, I'm very fortunate in that I'm at that phase in my life where the, I have grandkids, but I don't have any kids at home. I don't have anybody I have to take care of. Right. <laughs> so I can really focus on my own work. And do you come up with resistance to writing? Yep. Yes, I do. And Sometimes how I do you, what do you, what are some tips you could give to the listeners on how you handle resistance and so what they might try? Well, one of the things I do, if I, if it's something that's really emotional, if it's like when I first started writing about my son's death, I could not write about it heads on. So mm-hmm. I wrote it as fiction. 
Okay. And that helped. If it's, but if it's really emotional and I cannot get there, I go back to using a pencil. Mm-hmm. And that can help. I also uh, am happy to take writing workshops. So I will attend a workshop or a class or um, a writer's group. There's, you know, ongoing writer's groups that I know about that are drop-in. So I might just go to the writer's group once to just try to force myself to get something going. Um, Sometimes, though, you just really need to, to recognize that you're in a period of composting. Because I also think a part of writing is thinking. Okay. You know, just contemplating. Uh, I find myself doing a lot of just mulling over things. Uh-huh. So sometimes I think it's okay to just give yourself permission to do that. Like, I just need time to process. So I'm thinking about things and I'm mulling them over in my head. And then, again, nourish yourself with whatever fills your spirit and makes your spirit soar. So it might be music or it might be art or it might be, I have Oracle cards. I have angel cards and Oracle cards. So I pull those and just kind of fill up on other people's words. Um, And I'm, I am a voracious bookworm. So reading and finding new uh, authors that I know about or new perspective those are all things that might work. And then another thing that you can try is go outside of your usual genre. So try to write poetry or try to imitate somebody else's poetry. Um, try to write flash fiction instead of longer fiction or instead of creative nonfiction. Um, just do something that's playful. I think uh-huh. there also can be times when we're just um, again, that perfectionist comes up. Right. So to just give ourselves permission to mess around. But maybe it's, maybe it's um, uh, using different colored markers and scrawling all over the page instead of typing on a computer. <laughs> you know, just kind of getting back to that childish playfulness that we used to have as kids. So I wanted to ask you, you said maybe go to using a pencil if something is um, Mm -hmm. very emotional. Are you saying that, do you typically write on the computer? And so you're saying go back to the actual hand movement of pencil to paper? Well, I write write both ways. I write by hand and I write on the computer. But it's the pencil. So I think it brings me back to when I was a child. Okay, okay. Because I don't, yep. I know, I don't normally write with a pencil. I write. I have special pen. You know, I have my favorite pens, gel right. pens. <laughs> <I use. laughs> right. So it's going back to the pencil itself. Seems to help. And then I, I've heard mixed comments about sharing what you're writing about or what you're thinking, what your ideas are with somebody else. Some people say definitely share your ideas, and and that can help you get over the the hump of that resistance, but other people say, Mm -hmm. don't share until you've written it, written it out. Do you have any thoughts about that? Well, probably it's a personality thing, (laughs) but I do know that in, um, you know, a lot of times when you have a, a circle of people 
and you do a check-in. People want to tell their whole story. They want to <laughs> orally tell their story. And I believe that if we don't say as much, then we can just put it on the page instead. Right. So there's okay. something about saving it up for the page, I think. Uh-huh. Okay. And then uh, memoir. Um, memoir is something that is sort of close to my heart right now. Um, mm-hmm. But writing a memoir, so a personal life story, is mm-hmm. can be extremely emotional and mm-hmm. traumatic almost. Um, yes. So it's, you know, it it feels like reliving those events that happened and um, the reactions that happened years ago sort of come flooding back. Do you have mm-hmm. thoughts on how to handle that? What, how to, how to go about doing that? <laughs> well, again, I think it's really important to take care of ourselves. Um, make sure that we're, you know, if it's, if it's really, really emotional and traumatic, I think, you know, that you need to take care of yourself to the level of like massage and, um, you know, hot tub kind of thing. Um, that you can also realize that what you're writing is important to not just yourself. That, right. that in other words, you're using your own courage to tell a story because it's going to make a difference to somebody. Okay. Um, uh, and I call, so I, some stories I call big stories. I call them really big stories. So, you know, abuse, incest, injustice, racism, incarceration, suicide, bullying, these are all really big stories. So how can you get over that fear of reawakening all the hurt is right. by, by the recognition of how important it is to tell the story that you're healing, not only healing yourself, but you're healing other people. I like and that. And then I would say, I would say, yes, take care of yourself by either speaking to a counselor or someone that you really trust, a really good friend that you trust, or, you know, someone that you can say, this is the material I'm working on and I'm really, it's really hard right now. I'm going through a lot right now. What can I, how can I um, take care of myself the best way? And, you know, buy yourself flowers or make sure that you're doing your spiritual practice, whatever your spiritual practice is. And to me, a spiritual practice is anything that fills your spirit. So it can be praying or meditating, but it also might be gardening or fishing. (laughs) People here like to fish. Um, It might be gathering with like-minded people, you know, just find ways to really surround yourself with positive things all around you. Uh-huh. And um, do you ha- and do you have thoughts about um timing? Like do you recommend people sort of say they'll write for x number x amount of time per day or certain number of pages or I had a friend working on a memoir that said she was committed to writing something every day. Um but right. creating a, a yeah. habit. Do you have a preference yeah. on any of those or yeah, um, actually, I have a friend who suggests 20 minutes, but I think 15 minutes is okay. So you can commit to 15 minutes a day. Okay. 
That's great advice. We only have a couple of minutes left, Wendy, and I know you have lots of courses and things that you offer. So I was hoping that you could share with the listeners how they can reach you and some of the things that you offer that they could take advantage of. Yeah, so, yep. So I have a website. It's Wendy Brown Baez, uh, all lowercase. Baez is B-A-E-Z dot com. WendyBrownBias.com. So you can always reach me through my website. Um, I have a book that I'm working on that shares my methods of teaching that I'm hoping to publish soon. So that's something that's on the back burner for now, but working getting that out and it's finally edited and ready to go. Um, And I have a drop-in class at Northeast Wellness here in Mini. Apples every Thursday, and um, I teach uh, no more classes from time to time. You just have to check my website to see what's coming up, and my book's available on Amazon. That's called Catch a Dream. It's a novel, and I have a book of poetry called Ceremonies of the Spirit. Also that's available. That's wonderful. You, you've touched so many different genres of writing, and I love how you're working with people in the community at different levels, but all all related to healing through this through writing. So um, mm-hmm. thank you so much for joining mm-hmm. me today. Um, and thank you to my listeners for joining us on Perspectives. I've been talking with Wendy Baez about her experiences and her journey and what inspired her writing and the various ways in which we can find healing through the writing process. This is Dr. Vidisha Patel, your host for Perspectives. I look forward to being back with you next week for another edition. Feel free to email me in the meantime at drv4kids at yahoo.com with any questions or comments. And please be sure to look for Wendy's website and to check out her upcoming book as well. So have a wonderful week, everyone. Until next time. Thank you for listening to our program this week. Another edition of Perspectives with Dr. Vidisha Patel can be heard next Wednesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time and 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Until we talk again, have a lovely week.